Welcome back to Split Decision. This week on episode 29, we're recapping UFC Vegas 84, where Ankalaev dominated Johnny Walker. From there, we'll draft our top five Canadian things. And then we're going to talk UFC 297. That's Sean Strickland's first title defense against no other than Dreykus Duplessis. Then we're going to huddle up for the divisional round of NFL football playoffs. And finally, jump back into Stakes and Takes. That's our segment where we give you our best advice on this week's games and matchups. But first, don't forget to head to SplitDecisionPod.com to check out all of our episodes, our top fives, couple t-shirts here and there. Again, that's SplitDecisionPod.com. Alrighty, let's go. So after a little break, we finally had the first UFC card of the week. I say finally, it's only been one week into the year that we didn't have one. But UFC Vegas 84, entertaining card. Alex, tell us how the prelims went. Man, this was good. It was the uh, the first fight card for 2024. It was exciting. They were originally scheduled for 12 total fights. Uh, just one in the main event was canceled. Manel Cop versus Math- Matthews Nicolau. And and as much as people hate on it, it's only right that the UFC started the year in the Apex. Absolutely. I love it. Look, you go to the Apex, you you know what you're getting. It's a 30% smaller octagon. It's, you know, it's where it's where and dreams it is are what made. It is. If they're going to do it, might as well lean into it. Do it first card of the year. Set the tone for the year. Absolutely. Look, uh, Cobb missed weight by three and a half pounds. The store boy said it was because of antibiotics from a virus he had keeping him ill a couple weeks before the uh, fight so he couldn't really cut weight. I get it. Uh, but Nicolau didn't want to accept that catch weight, didn't want to accept, you know, the obvious disadvantage coming No, they all say in. the last two, three pounds are the worst one, so it's a huge advantage not to have to cut that. Yeah, you kind of keep all your strength. I get it. I, I, props to Nicolau. I hope he gets a fight pretty soon. Uh, but anyway, opening the prelims, we had fearless Joshua Van, and he proved just that as he stopped Felipe Bunez in the waning seconds of round two, this was his first UFC stoppage, which was... It's got to be a good feeling. You know, great to start his career. Like you said, great feeling. Next up in the kind of next fight in the prelim div- uh, spot, if you will, we have the lightweight division. Nicholas Moda took on Tom Big Train Nolan. After an impressive contender series performance against Bogdan Grad, Nolan in this fight was the little engine that couldn't against a ferocious Oof. iron Nicholas Mota. He got his he got tagged and then finished just a minute into the first round. So we'll keep that train rolling with the wrestling first, Wilson Wilson. He was delivered his second KO defeat in a row, but this one was by Lord John Silva. Wilson is going to be praying for a more favorable matchup next time, hopefully in his favor of a wrestling-styled opponent. And then moving to a perfect 3-0 in his career, or 3-0 in the UFC, sorry, and 12-0 in his career, Fareed Basharat bested Taylor double-impact Lapalus by unanimous decision. And then Marcus McGree walked into the octagon on three days' notice and earned a $50,000 performance bonus. 50K. Against, 50K against Gaston the Dream Killer Bolanos. With a showing like that, Marcus McGee was really the boogeyman there. Ooh. And to cap off a polarizing prelims, the Matthew Semi the Jedi Selmasberger took on Preston Pet Pressure Parsons. And from the beginning, it was very clear that the force was not with Selmasberger here. PPP. Parsons won by unanimous decision. It was a great victory to open 2024 and an exciting first prelim to kind of kick everything off. It's kind of what I have going for me right now. It's trying to be exciting for 2024. All right. And speaking of exciting, let's jump to the main card and the fight. Everybody tuned in to watch. This was the one with the most title implications. It was the main event. It was Ankalev. It was Johnny Walker. And it was Ankalev with maybe a title fight clinching performance where he just dominated Johnny Walker. Knocked him out. Second round. Yeah, second round. Impressive win for Ankalev. Especially after... The contentiousness in the last fight where he need a down Johnny Walker. They kind of got into it after the fight once the fight was called off. He kind of set the tone, set the record straight. He's the better fighter. He proved it tonight. He is a serious title contender at light heavyweight. 
I wholeheartedly agree. And it seemed as though Johnny Walker was trying to claim somewhat in the fight that Ankalaya was doing the same thing with the low blow. You know, taking that shot, at, I don't think it was intentional, but Ankalaya definitely hit him right in the cup. Um, but, you know, Johnny Walker kind of used that to his advantage, took a second, got his breath, was still, man, that punch in the second round that just stopped him. Where he oh, like yeah. it, it, it looked like he immediately broke his nose. Broke his nose and broke his will. It was like Johnny Walker did not want any more. Yeah. Uh, this, so this was a rematch to the no contest from, uh, what, November, I think it was? Yeah, November, October. They had a no contest, a legal knee, like you said. October. Johnny Walker, I thought, honestly, he was going to come in with a kind of better game plan. Yeah, I think because we you, both you, picked Johnny Walker, and he was the huge, big underdog, and Ankalev kind of showed why. Yeah, like you said, I think Ankalaev has a is a dominant showing in this one. He deserves to be the number three spot. So he's either going to get a title fight if he's willing to wait. That was exactly what I was going to because ask. I saw a good thing where he could definitely beat just his style, could take advantage of Pereira, you know, with that dirty wrestling kind of dirty boxing, right? Where you're going to hold, hold them, them down and then beat the shit out of them at the same time. And I think the UFC really wants, with the way they've been building Pereira versus uh, Jamil Hill, Jamal Hill. Right. They're waiting for Jamal Hill to get healthy. So I think that's the, they're not going to risk Pereira. He's so, a star right now. So I think Ankalaev, Anka if he waits, he gets a title shot next. If not, he's either going to fight like a Yuri, a Jan, or a Rakic. Okay, so I have Yuri and Jan. My argument for, for Jan is that his fight previous to both fights with Johnny Walker, he drew against Jan Blachowicz. So, you know, a draw, you didn't get a concise victory either way. Maybe you have to run it back to, you know, not to, to get a title shot, but if you're waiting... Maybe you have to run it back. I think Alex Pereira, if they don't make him wait, I think a title shot's in line. The other one, Yuri, of course, I think it would just be an exciting fight. So I wholeheartedly think... One of those three? One of those three is the next fight we're going to see. All right, so the co-main, the new co-main. This wasn't originally going to be the co-main, but as you mentioned, cop missed weight. That fight got canceled. The new co-main was the vet, the all-time wins leader, Jim Miller, beating Gabrielle... Benitez. Man, Jim Miller proved he still got it. Still got it, and he got his 20th submission victory. He has the rank, 20th submission victory in his whole career. I think that was his 26th, which is a record UFC win. Man, Jim Miller, 40 years old, he still got it, and he's fighting in April at UFC 300. Right. That performance got him a $50,000 uh, bonus on the night, performance bonus for him. So that's always good to see. At 40 years old, good super impressive. Kind of like the, not for me, Exactly, because he's not from anywhere around here. But, like, the hometown hero from where he comes from, like, kind of the miracle proving anybody could do it, anything can happen. Like, it's it's great to see somebody at 40 kind of killing it in the lightweight division. I think everybody can kind of relate to that, even if you're not 40 years old. Just yeah. that underdog story. Benitez came in. He was known as, like, kind of a, a very good elite leg kicker. Jim Miller, although they both were exchanging leg kicks, Jim Miller fucked Dude. Benitez's, uh, so, like, upper thigh up. I was I was talking to him, I showed my wife's uh, a couple clips after the fight and I was saying like every time that Benitez would throw a kick Jim Miller would like pretty much immediately after he would respond with a counter kick that had like three times the power like every kick was a counter he was making sure that he was winning the fight but he was also ahead on the scorecards the whole time and he got that late finish. It was just an impressive performance from, a, as you said, a 40-year-old guy. So he's on a 5-1 and one current run in the UFC, which is impressive. He called out Paul Felder, Matt Brown, Brock Lesnar. Who's next? In my opinion— So for sure he's fighting at UFC 300. They've all confirmed that. It's just who, which one of these guys is he fighting? I saw something on Instagram that saw Bobby Green. I don't know if that's real. Don't hold me to it, but that would, would be like an interesting fight. fight. I would like to see him versus Paul Felder. Paul Felder's going to come back. I think that's a perfect fight for both of them. Yeah, because um, Paul Felder already said that he would come. He's toying with the idea of coming back, but he wouldn't be trying to make a title run. And this would be a perfect. This kinda, would be a fight that's like people would pay attention to. It's an right. important fight that's not a, a title implicating. Like fight. a first second fight on the prelims of USC 300. If it's going to be that legendary legendary of a card that, that they're exactly. that, that they're talking of. It's pretty crazy. But yeah, Miller has a bunch of options. Uh, it's great to see him do this. I think I, I don't know if there's anybody 
that's a true UFC fan that's been a fan for a while that doesn't respect and isn't a fan of uh, Jim Miller. I wholeheartedly agree. Let's move on to the one of the decisions of the main card, Ricky Simone versus Mario Batista. Uh, this was three rounds. Ricky Simone lost 30 27, 30 27, 29 20, 28. Yeah, see, I had it at 29 28. I think it was a close first round that uh, Ricky won. And then the last two rounds, Batista got stronger. Ricky Simone faded. Yeah. I don't want to say faded, but it was obvious. Batista was definitely busier. Momentum going in different directions. I think right. Batista won the last two rounds. Um, Ricky Simone, he got a couple of nice takedowns and a couple of nice slams, but Batista was able to recover pretty well from that. Yeah, Batista worked very well through the defense of Simone. He, defense, that's really an understatement because, like, in a unanimous decision fight, like you said, it was more of a 29-28 fight, in my so opinion, as Simone, well. But he defended well the whole fight. He kept it interesting the whole fight. Simone, it was a very contentious fight throughout. It was. Simone was better on the ground. But as we said, Batista had good ground defense. On the feet, it wasn't a question that Batista was the better fighter in this fight. And that's why I think, as you said, 29-28 perfectly uh, captures how this fight went. Right. And Batista, the rightful winner. Now, with this, you kind of flip, in my opinion. You give uh, Batista the top 15 bantamweight spot. I I like who he called out, Rob Font. Right, Rob Font. We can see Rob Font. Jonathan Martinez, Dominic Cruz. What do you think of those? Do you think he gets Rob Font? Do you think he has to well, wait think, for a little bit better, you know, uh, not a better opponent not than Rob Font, obviously not many better than Rob Font, but do you have to kind of walk your ground up or does he get to jump as high as like Well, he's going to be ranked after this win. Uh, he's going to be top 15. I like that Rob Font fight. Rob Font coming off a loss. It's a good call out. It's just high enough where it's not out of the reach as a guy just moving into the rankings. I would love to see Batista Rob Font. Okay. Yeah, I, w- I, w- I would also love to see that. I hope it happens. If not, you know, any option. I think with his his most recent performance, I think I'm excited to see him pretty much any time he fights next. All right, next fight. This one. It was a, it was a, this was a surprising one. Was it surprising, though? Bruno well, it was surprising how it happened. Phil I didn't expect Halls, it to go down like this. But Phil Hall's the last, I think this is three or four fights in a row. He's been finishing the first round. And Bruno Ferreira knocks him out in the first round. And it was right at the end of the first round. Yeah, like five seconds left. And what's the scarier part is it doesn't look like Bruno Ferreira really tagged him that well. He looks like he touched his chin and wobbled, uh, wobbled Phil Hall's. Phil Hall's on the ground. Then, of course, once he gets the hammer shots when he's on the ground, he's out. But, man... Phil Hawes, his chin might be completely gone now. It, it, that, that's what it seemed to me. It seemed as though, like, the, the in the initials, like, kind of slew, if you will. It looked like the knee might have tagged him, but it didn't. It was just, it was like a clip from a punch. It's like he blew punch. on his chin. Right, and it, the dude just went out, like, a, a few seconds later. Not went out, he went wobbly. And then Ferreira just, he tasted blood and attacked. It, it was a good, a good, great performance from Ferreira. To it was a good, good way to rebound. He lost his first fight uh, last night. He called fight out in the first uh, Shara Bullet, though. That was, that to me, that's the fight to make. You know, you know Shara Bullet, the one I'm talking about? Yes. He's the, uh, the, uh, his name's, it might be Magomed. Or, man. It's one, one of those. those. Muslim he, guys. He's bl- he looks blind in oh, one yes, eye, yes, the yes, redheaded yes. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. He, that would be a killer fight. I have and him. I think on the Bruno list. Ferreira's a, a dog. Brad Tavares, Jung Young Park, or Roman Kapalov are the only other options I could really see. He promised Bruno Ferreira to fight three more times in 2024. He wants to fight once per quarter. Hey, if he finishes guys in the first round, yeah. I, look, I was He's impressed first... with him at the end of 2023. He had one loss, one win in 2023 that I saw, like personally saw. He's one one in the UFC, one and one. And I'm I'm impressed with this last camp he had. I think I think he's got what it takes moving forward. I don't think Phil Hawes. This is Bruno Ferreira's sixth sixth fight in a row to end in the first round. He's five and one in that. This Monster. is Phil Hawes third in a row. Third knockout. in a row. Oof. Real tough. No right. hype. The hype is gone. Let's cap off 
Hey, I like that. No hype, the hype's gone. I like exactly. it. I like it. I like exactly it. his nickname's actually right. Yeah, Phil No Hype Hawes. Yeah, there's All no right. hype around him. Let's move on to the main card opener, Andre the Pitbull Arlovsky, who surprised everybody by taking it to decision against uh, Waldo yeah, Salsa Boy Cortez Acosta. Arlovsky, he's a vet. He makes you really appreciate Jim Miller, uh, Jim Miller's run right now because Arlovsky, he seems like he's kind of... Yeah, once a champ. Once a champ. But he struggled in his last few ones. And as you said, it was good that he... It's never good when everybody's like, good job taking it to the distance, man. Right. So, that but tells you what happened in the fight. So for heavyweights, they stay pretty pretty active pretty often. Uh, Acosta really made Arlovsky, I think, frustrated more than anything. Acosta didn't really do a whole bunch to cause damage, but he was he was definitely swinging. Arlovsky just got out of the way. He's an older vet. You know, he sees a punch coming. You got to be faster than that to hit him and to tag him to do serious damage. Who do you think is next? He didn't really have a call out, but Acosta, you know, winning by unanimous decision. He just said he wants to fight kind of for his home team in the Mexico City card coming up. Yeah, I get that, but I feel like it's a missed opportunity. If you're a guy like this, you need to call somebody out, at least try to make some kind of call out that gets people talking. So if I'm calling somebody out in his position, I'm talking somebody like Rodrigo Nascimento, Dante Mays, or Kamar Usman's brother, Muhammad Usman. Muhammad Usman. I would take I mean, any one of those, those would be three good fights, fights for him. He just needs to, uh, as you said, heavyweights uh, stay active generally. He needs to stay active. Right. He needs to get going. He needs to make a name for himself. As a heavyweight, he needs to start getting some finishes, though. Yeah, you can't as a heavyweight in this division specifically. Because somebody will be able to knock you out. Everybody at the top will be able to knock you out. Yeah, exactly. Or submit you. Exactly. I wholeheartedly agree. So he has some work to do, but I think he's probably a fight or two away from maybe a ranked opponent. All right, so the theme for this week's top five is top five Canadian things in honor of the UFC returning to Canada, Toronto, Canada, this Saturday. So we're going to do our top five Canadian things. Again, top fives are always something that is wide open. You go people, you go places, you go things, you go ideas. It's limitless. So I think this week, Alex, I get the first pick in the draft. My, if my math serves me correct, which it usually does, yes. You do. So this one, Canada has a lot of nice things about it, but I think there's one obvious thing that stands out, and that's their national sport. That's going to be ice hockey is my number one. Uh, Canada, the best at ice hockey. The NHL, they have about six Canadian teams, I think like 20-something American teams, but probably 80% of the league is Canadian. They're the best at hockey. They care about it the most. So ice hockey, my number one sport. Not number one sport, my number one pick. It is also say, the ice number one. Ice your number one sport. Probably like my number five sport. Pick three, four. Soccer is your four? I'm just no. kidding. Soccer is probably top three. Yeah. Basketball would be four? No. Oh, but man, we, okay. Let's pin that because we probably need to do top five sports. Basketball is not my top five. Not a draft, though, because we just need to know opinions. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's a good pick. Ice hockey is a solid pick. Um, I like that. It it that's the only sport that I can think of that's more Canadian like has more Canadian teams than American teams, well, right? Well it doesn't. You didn't hear what I just said. What'd you say? I said it has six Canadian teams, about twenty something American teams, but about eighty percent of the league is Canadian. Oh yeah, that's the what players, I was thinking of. The yeah. players, yes. Right. I like that. Uh ice hockey. So ice hockey my number one. So what's your two and three? Man. All right, so my number one, which is the second pick. I said two and three. What's your one and two? Right. The second and third pick overall. I'm going to go with... Man, this is hard. This is hard. Is it hard? I'm going to go with George St. Pierre as my number one. Oh, so you went UFC. Famous Canadian. I never go UFC with the top fives. This time I'm going to do it because I, I, I think he's a staple in the community of UFC number one, but he's also... Just a great guy. Like, he's a good person, generally. I like GSP. Like, I didn't actually have him on my list, surprisingly. I didn't have any UFC on my list, but I love that pick, GSP. George St. Pierre is a, a great guy. You know, he's... Uh, I found out he was Canadian, you know. 
searching this list. So that, oh, you that, didn't know that. He's French Canadian. I knew he was French. I didn't know Canadian. So I, I don't. I don't want to ever assume because you know it makes the ass out of the you and the me. And the yada, you and the yada. me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, George Saint Pierre, number one overall for me. I think my second pick. I'm kind of gonna couple this together. Tell tell me if I'm wrong by doing this, but uh, the the term sorry or like politeness, you know, like the Canadians being like overly. Wait, so what are we doing? What's the pick? Well, that's why I wanted you to I, do. I have to separate it. So you want sorry slash politeness, like right. sorry in quotes, sorry, right slash politeness. I'll give you that. That's right, a, that's that, a, like just not being like overarching with it. Cause that's how I had it written down. Sorry slash politeness. In quotes. So that's number two. That's not a bad pick. That I mean, politeness. If you Google anything Canadian, like any list, politeness is always like a top five thing. If you watch, have you ever seen an episode of South Park with a Canadian in it? That's like the. Have you biggest ever seen trope. any American show portraying like Canadians as a whole? They're gonna say they're nice and sorry. They're yeah. gonna say sorry for sure. So that's All a right. good number two pick. So I got two and three next. Yeah, you're second and third, but the uh, fourth and fifth overall. So my number two, I'm going to go. we got to stop doing that. Yeah. <laughs> my right, number from two, here on out, we're not going to do that anymore. My number two is going to be maple syrup. Oh, it's on my list for sure. That's I a mean, solid pick. They're known, they're known for it. They love the maple leaf. They love syrup. Who's they? Canadians. What do you mean, you people? <laughs> I didn't say you people. Oh. Maple syrup, it, I feel like it's the national like drink of Canada, well, even though it's, it's not even a drink. The maple leaf is on their flag. Yeah, which we might get to later, but... Maybe, yeah. Maple syrup, my number two, and now I move on to the number three. So this is where it starts getting... What are we going to go with? Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard because there's a bunch... There's When you think about Canada, there's a bunch of things that just kind of pop into your head. So I'm going to go number three. I'm going to cook. It's not off the beaten path. It's going to be very popular pick, but you might not necessarily think Canada when you think of it, oh, but you no. may. Oh, no. I know what it is. I'm going to go Drake, number three. Damn it. He's on my list. I'm going to go Drake, number three. I mean, he's the most popular artist of the past 20 years, probably as a whole, uh, besides like Taylor Swift. Uh, he's also got that betting curse against him. He's got the betting curse. In popular culture, he is just probably bigger than his music. Just as you said, he has the betting curse. He's just a cool guy. I feel like people don't like him, but nobody truly hates Drake. He's Canadian. He's He actually plays on your pick of politeness where he's a rapper, which aren't known for being like the most nice guys. Yeah, just because like they, they put on legit. a hard gangster mentality. But, but he's a nice guy. Life, right, in real people life, he's like, just a solid dude. <laughs> yeah, he's a except, solid dude. Except for the betting curse where like you should probably fade every bet you see that, that he does. that doesn't have anything to do with his personality now, yes. Right. But, and he makes good music, whether you... Whether you can admit it or not, there's a Drake song for everybody. Yeah, like Hotline Bling, that was a whole thing for like a year. Like That's 2018, still a meme. that was a whole thing. Him dancing and him putting up the stop sign is still uh, a meme. Absolutely. So Drake, my number three. That's solid, dude. Solid. So ice hockey, number one. Number two, maple syrup. Number three, Drake. That's pretty solid. I like those. All right, give me your three and four. All right, so my three... I got a question. How many how many people are you? Is it acceptable to have on your top five? You can have as many as you want. This is your top five. That's true. That's true. Man, you know what? I'm gonna go with something synonymous to Canada as my number three. I'm gonna go with the maple leaf. That's a good pick. That's close to my pick. You know, it's 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 up there. It kind of it doesn't take the flame out of your your maple syrup at all but it's definitely when you think about canada you think about the flag there's a maple leaf there you know it's it's it, it's synonymous with canada maple leaf is a very solid solid canada thing my fourth pick man this one this one's where kind of like the going gets tough and the tough get going if you will or if you a um my fourth pick is has got to be Ryan Reynolds. Oh, I had him on my list. He's probably on list. one of my favorite actors. He's got solid comp comedic range. He's in like rom-coms. He's in superhero stuff. He's in good superhero stuff and bad. 
and he makes fun of it openly. Like he's not one of those guys that's like lying about the things that he was in. If it was a shit movie, he's he said, "Oh, it was a shit movie." But he makes fun of it in Deadpool if it's a shit movie, right? Um, solid movies. He's you know solid guy. Wife's hot. Blake Live, the shout out. Um, yeah, Ryan Reynolds, my fourth overall. Just a solid, solid dude. Free Guy's a solid movie too. You saw that, that movie? One? I saw the one with him, Gal Gadot, and The Rock, and it was good. Red Notice. Yes. Yeah, that was a good movie too. See, like, I just like anything he's in is surprisingly good. Waiting, throwback to like that old restaurant movie. Solid. That was movie. a good movie. That Two was before... guys a girl on a pizza place. That was the first time I ever saw him. Yeah. A sitcom. Uh, Adventureland. Him and uh, like Jesse Eisenberg. Great movie at the like an amusement park. Awesome. Just anything he's in, pretty much solid movie. Yeah, it's not a bad so, pick. He's a very good Canadian. What is your fourth? And then followed by fourth, what is your fifth and final pick? So my fourth one, this is a broad category. It's actually a category that I'm picking for my number four. Your four is a category. It's Canadian wildlife. They got bears. They got moose. They got crazy So like plants, the variety of wildlife? The variety of wildlife. Okay. And how cool it is, how fierce it is. They got salmon. They got bears. I'm sure they have some badass eagles and birds. Canadian wildlife. Half the country, or like I think like 80% of the country lives in like cities right next to the U.S. border. When, the rest of like 99% of the country is just crazy terrain and wildlife. That was one of the things I almost put on the my list was um, like how spread out everything is. But the, the more I thought of it, the less of a top five thing. It's more of a bottom five thing. Well, it depends. It could, I'm sure there's to pros me, and cons. To, to me personally, like being far away from everything would be terrifying if your car breaks down. Or like yeah, but most of them aren't far away. Most of them are in the big cities right all close to each other. Right, but I was thinking in terms of like being in like the remote areas. So yeah, that, that, my number like, four wildlife, I mean bears. I like the wildlife in, in Canada. The moose. The moose and the bears are like salmon. Yeah. Definitely. And then my number five, you went with a phrase earlier. Oh, sorry. Fuck, I knew my it. number five is going to be A. I knew it I mean, was going to be A. That's as Canadian as sorry. I mean, that's as American as cheeseburgers. A, if you're trying to do a Canadian impression and you just. Like Canada, hang, A? Yeah, you just hang the yeah. A on it. Like, it sounds more Canada. And everybody knows what you're going for and everybody knows exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. That's a, that's a very solid uh, fifth pick, that, that is. Um, so what's your five? Man, I'm looking at the list, and, and there's things I want to say, but I don't want to say them because then it's like you just hit me with an A for your fifth pick, so it's like that's a solid fifth. We're not going weak sauce here. So uh, couldn't believe I got it at number five. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't want to go with both phrases. That was my, my kind of lean. I'm going to go with the Northern Lights. Ooh, I had that on my list. It's, uh, you know, there's only, you can technically see it in America, but you got to go through Canada to get there. More prominent in Canada. and yeah, more they, often, they got it better. They got it better in Canada for sure. Northern Lights is a spectacle. The Aurora Borealis, it's, I don't really know what it is. I think it's gas in the air that is reflecting off of, Something like that. Something that does stuff. It's really cool looking. Looks like green and kind of, kind of like hazy in the air. It's yeah. pretty cool. It looks like uh, aliens. But yeah, let's recap these top five for well, each of give us. Give me some, and then after that, let's throw out a couple honorable mentions. Okay, that's a good. I was about to say, give me some honorable mentions, but I'll go through the top five first. Number one, ice hockey. Number two, maple syrup. Number three, Drake. Number four, Canadian wildlife. Five, A. <laughs> number five a i thought it sounded like a bullet point like you were doing an outline for a second i had to i uh like kind of flashback to english in high school uh my number one is george st pierre gsp all the ufc fans should be shouting out there number two is gonna be sorry or like politeness in general but definitely the term sorry three maple leaves or leaves maple leaf you know, Canada, Canada is synonymous with that. Canada. Canada. There you go. I was trying to say that. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is my number four. And number five is the Aurora Borealis, the Northern Lights. So I had a couple good uh, honorable you got mentions. People? What kind of people you got in honorable mentions? 
people, I don't think I have another person honorable mention. I got Jim Carrey and Wayne Gretzky. Oh, I did have Wayne Gretzky. I'm sorry. I had Trailer Park Boys. Ooh, I forgot about them. Solid show. <laughs> I had Ice Road Truckers. Also, another solid show. I had The Flag, just in general, the Canadian flag. The concept of the instant replay came from a director in Canada. Crown Royal. And IMAX. Crown Royal. Um, I thought of a Canadian whiskey, but I don't, I'm not a big whiskey the guy. The Canadian Tuxedo. That's a jean. That's just full, full jeans. jeans. I wear that often, I have um, to say. Rush, the band. Niagara Falls. I, Niagara Falls. Two Rush languages. The, Rush, the band, is Canadian. Oh, yeah, they're super Canadian. Nice. Good never, for them. Trailer Park Boys, that's why they're obsessed with them. Poutine. Poutine, I saw that. So the Toronto Raptors. I just felt Toronto like I had Raptors. to kind of point them out. The French and Indian War. Oof. <laughs> uh, universal Healthcare. I mean, um, honestly, that's pretty solid. Yeah, but that's not even Canadian. That's just not American. Right, More but they have Canadian. It. <laughs> so it's Canadian to me. Oh, it's not Cajuns. American. Cajuns, where we're from, the Acadians are from Canada. One that hits kind of close to home for me and you, Blue Labatt. Blue Labatt, good, good, Put good that beer. That's uh, that's my whole, that's my whole. Then that's... I had each of the big. I had Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver. Yeah, I, did, I didn't cool want to go with those because like, if I was gonna go with the city as my top five, and I haven't been there, weak. True. But there we go. There's our top five Canadian things. Uh, let us know what you think. All righty. Let's kick off the UFC for the first pay-per-view card of 2024. That's going to be you. And we're back. And we're back. And that's going to be UFC 297 in Canada. Two title fights on the line. Our Two titles on the line. Two titles on the line. Two title fights. We got Sean Strickland, Dreykus Duplessis, Raquel Pennington, Myra Buena Silva. But before we talk about those, we're going to jump kind of back in time. To the main card opener. To the main card opener. We're going to talk Arnold the Almighty Allen in the featherweight division taking on Movsar Evloev. So in World War II... Can't uh, England and Russia okay. were on the same side, and now they're against each other. Now they're against each other. I like that reach. Thank you. Y- you brought it home. I appreciate it. I'll tell you this: the Russians undefeated, seventeen and zero. He's never seven and zero in the UFC. Never been beaten. He's got three KO victories, four submission but victories. But you know what's an interesting point? And ten decision victories. Seven and zero in the UFC. Zero UFC finishes. Zero finishes. And he's taking on Arnold Allen, 19-2 and two overall, 10-1 and one in the UFC, coming off of his first loss in the UFC, which was a respectable loss to, to Max, Max Holloway. Yeah, I was going to say. Where he didn't get finished. He got beat, but he didn't get finished. And it was, it, was a, it was a good decision. And he's a guy, he can win. He gets finishes in the UFC. He gets knockouts. He gets subs. He gets decisions. So, although he has a loss, this is a very interesting fight. I agree. Look, guys. Arnold Allen. 29 Allen, years old, too, by the way. Young guys. While... While Evloev, 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 I gotta say that right a few times so I can get it right, is 17 and 0. Arnold Allen has KO'd the likes of Dan Hooker. He's figured out ways to get the job done any way he knows how with seven KOs, four submissions. He has ways of getting decision victories, and that's eight in his and entire career. He's never career. been finished. He's never been finished. He's only lost twice in his career by decision. Evloev, on the other hand, like we said, seven straight decisions, no finishes in the UFC, but he's very patient and very accurate. He has a high takedown ability. He can hold you to the ground, and he does what, at least what we've seen in recent years in the UFC, he's done what the Russians do. He holds people down. He either wins by decision or he beats you until you, you can't take it and you give up the neck or he knocks you out. And this one, personally, I think Evloeb's going to win because of that. Because of his willingness to shoot the high probable takedown and being patient. So I see your Evloeb win, and I'll raise you an Arnold Allen win. I think Arnold Allen goes in, he gets the win. He is coming off of his first loss, as we said, the Max Holloway. I think he learns from that. I think he's the most experienced, more experienced fighter. I think he's had better fights. He's fought better guys. I think he comes in and gives Evluev his first career loss. I got Arnold Allen winning the fight. 
Man, so we're starting off the first pay-per-view. The first main card fight of the first pay-per-view with differing opinions. And let's see how the second one goes. Next, we have the Canadian, one of the home... Uh, I don't know if he's from Toronto, but he's a home country guy. The crowd's going to be around, uh, behind him. Mark andre how do you say his last name? I always tr- trouble with these French last names. Barrio. Barrio. Taking on the American, Chris, the action man, Curtis, teammate of the champ and main event guy, Sean Strickland. How do you see this fight going? Yeah, this is going to be a good middleweight fight. Chris Curtis is coming off a no contest with a loss before that. He doesn't look for takedowns. He tries to look for his power. He's a power guy. Power to finish the shots. This is a good one for me because this is a power versus power mashup. Barrio's on a 2-0 streak. I know that's not, you know, a whole lot, but it's tough in the UFC. Barrio started, he's 5-5-1 currently in the UFC, but he started 0-3. Right. So after that start, he's really turned his career around. Yeah, I agree. I'm a fan of Barrio. I'm a fan of Chris Curtis. Neither guy is looking for a takedown too often. I would Neither say, guy gets finished a lot either. I would say Barrio would go for a takedown more often than Chris Curtis if I had to like lay it out there on the on the stats. But this is probably going to be a standing fight where both fighters are going to be looking for a KO throughout. I'm leaning on the action man, Chris Curtis, to use his power and his 17 KO victory past you know, in his career to get the job done over Barrio. I know Barrio has somewhat of a KO artist himself, but I think Chris Curtis is kind of due for a good win. So this is two we're different on. I think Barrio goes in. I think he finishes Chris Curtis. I think Chris Curtis is a guy who's 4-2-1 in the UFC, only won two out of his last five fights. As we said, Barrio, two fights in a row, two wins in a row, started 0-3. He's kind of turned his UFC career around. I think it's momentum going opposite directions. I got the... Home country man, I got Barry Owen in the fight. That's interesting. Look, I, I don't, I mean, with odds like that, minus 170 for Curtis and plus 140 for Barry I, I could honestly see it going either way. I think, I think Curtis has more clean power. All right, so let's move on to the third fight of the main card. It's Neil the Haitian, Haitian Sensation Magni taking on another Canadian, Mark Malat, Mark Proper Malat. Um, Magny coming off the, I would say, as a UFC vet, a guy that's been in the UFC since 2013, it was an embarrassing loss where Ian Gary kind of just dog-walked him. Yeah, and I know you're not a fan of Ian Gary. I'm not a fan, but you have to admit, he just went out there and beat the shit out of him. I, I was going to say, as men, you got to kind of say say what the fight is. If it's a, if it's a shit, shit fight, it's a shit fight. Neil Magny did not have a good performance against Ian Gary. And Ian Gary just kind of toyed with him you know, to win that fight. And he's taking on a guy in Malat that is 10-1 overall, 3-0 and in the UFC, 3-0 and with three UFC finishes too. He has a ghillie, he has an arm triangle, he has a TKO, so he can do it anyway against Neil Magny. Um, he's going to have the home crowd behind him. Malat, out of his, he's 10-1, ten, he, ten he also has a draw. The draw is the only fight he's ever had to go to the scorecard. The other 11 fights, the one where he has 10 wins, one loss, all either KOs or subs. So he's a guy, he brings the action. So check this. I, I looked it up in a different way than you did. I looked it up as as Malo hasn't had a loss since 2014. He's 6-0-1 in that time. Perfect 3-0 and in the UFC. While he hasn't been too active, he's been in there when it's kind of needed to be to get the job done. I think he's a good striker and also a, an adept wrestler. I think he has what it takes to get the job done. But... Maybe ring rust has a little bit of wear on him with a more active Neil Magny. I think Mike Proper Malo wins just by, you know, being an overall better fighter. I got Malo too, but I mean, the ring rust, he only fought two months. Uh, like it's Neil Magny fought in August, well, he fought in June. So it's like, I'm just saying, but it is a step up, it, a big step up in talent that Malo's fighting Magny. Magny's this be- better than the other guys Malo's beat, but I, I agree with you though. I think Malo. Malat, however you say his name. I think the Canadian goes in proper. He gets the dub. He gets the crowd going. He gets his 11th UFC win. And I think he might get a finish. Yeah, that would be that would be bad to see Magny get, you know, lose in a bad fashion again. That that wouldn't be great for his chances, uh, you know, hanging around the UFC for much, much longer. All right. Next so up. Let's get down. What do they call it? Brass tacks? Let's I don't down. believe in tacks, sir. 
taxation is theft. But, but I, let's get down to the first I, I can't title, be in jail. Fight, title fight of the night, <laughs> Raquel Pennington. Raquel Rocky Pennington. Woman's bantamweight title, 135 pounds. Myra Bueno Silva. Coming back off her suspension. Yeah, I don't understand how you win a fight, get it overturned for failing a drug test, and the next fight you get is a title fight? So, I'll tell you one thing. She's exciting. I, last fight out, Myra Bueno Silva beat Holly Holm. I had my money on Holly Holm. It was overturned to no contest. Well, FanDuel doesn't care. I said, hey, this was a no contest. And they said, no, she lost. It's not my fault the lady was on steroids. I was like, wow, that's crazy. So Myra Brandon Silva's coming back off her six-month suspension. She Which said it was a six-month suspension in UFC like, is nothing. She said it was some cream, and I guess it, they kind of sided with her that. that that it was probably some cream because it was only a six-month suspension. No, that's just like the usual, I think, for the first time you get caught. But Pennington is back. She's defending her 5-0 and win streak. Yeah, five wins in a row. She's usually winning by decision, but she has the skills to keep the fight going. She can do the finish one, game if she needs. One thing about Pennington, though, she has won five in a row, but her last fight was exactly a year ago. And, like, she doesn't fight that much. I think she doesn't. Like, it's been, like, five fights in, like, four years. So I'm taking my I'm taking my thoughts from watching why we're Buena Silva fight last time, dominating Holly Holmes. And before that, although it she got was like 10-1 no before that, yeah, right? Yeah, she's won three in a row before that. Like, she's killing it. Right. I believe my Buena Silva is going to win this fight. I don't I agree. think this six-month break is really going to affect no, six her. Six months is nothing for a UFC fight. And That's... if it truthfully was just a cream, then she's just as good of a fighter as she was six months ago. Yeah, but let's not say that. That's why I said just, if it was just a I mean, to but me, yeah, I agree with you. I think Buena Silva gets the win. I think she wins this fight, and I think it sets up her Juliana Pena. Pena's already talking shit. Oh, yeah. And I don't really like Juliana Pena. Me neither. I'm not a huge fan. I did when she first beat Amanda Nunez, but she— But then she, who was she booing for? That Amanda really, Nunez. When Amanda that was Nunez what it was. Retired, yeah. I was like, oh, when she's retiring, you're booing her? It's like, oh, you're just a hater. So we'll have plenty of time to talk about Pena, I'm sure, oh. in the future. Let's move on to the main event. I think Sean it's the one Strickland. everybody wants to see. The Tarzan. <laughs> it's actually Sean Strickland Duplessis 2 after their fight in the stands a couple weeks ago. Yeah. That was the, uh, that was the bare-knuckle event. In the uh, UFC, what was a, that one? Uh, whatever the last pay per view was, so the one in two ninety six. It was uh, Austin. It was the George Masvidal. Uh, no, it was Vegas. No, it, was, it was Vegas. It was the George. Ma they went George Masvidal in Arena, a, a street fight. Right, middleweight division, defending his first time, Sean Strickland against Drykus, the white African, Duplessis. Yeah, this one. When they were trying to set up Drakus versus Israel, there was a lot of racial tension. This one has a lot of racial tension, but like a different kind of racial right, tension. Right, just for like, whoa, what was going on <laughs> It's going to scary both of these guys. Um, I mean, look, it is going to be scary. I do like, like both a, of these guys, a, though. 50-something combined fights, professional. Drakus 6-0 in the UFC. Strickland's won three in a row, including probably his, most his best performance, not even probably. He's coming off of his best performance ever, where he dominated Israel Look, Adesanya in Australia. This is a big one because I wholeheartedly believe, believe what Dean Thomas says. He says that fighters who win the belt, they get like 30% better. I think that is not like Sean Strickland's key to victory, but if, he ta if you take that metric and put 30% better than what Sean Strickland just did against, against Israel Adesanya last time out, it's going to be a hard shot for anybody to beat him. I agree, but we just said Strickland coming off of his best performance probably ever. So Duplessis. is Drakus. Oh. Drakus beat the shit out of Robert Whittaker. Something nope. You could I would have like picked, to go back. You could have picked Drakus. I would like yes, to go back and say that thought, I did pick Drakus. Nobody thought he would school Robert like that. I didn't think it was going to be like that, but I did think Drakus was going to win. And then after he beat Whittaker, him and Adesanya had the most awkward in ring, uh, yeah, there like was a bunch ever. of a bunch of racial slurs. Um, there's that basketball player or the uh, the high school football player, I should say, with the the kind of crazy name that I'm still not gonna say. It was a bunch of that being thrown around. But Drake is he can win. Shit. Sean is a guy. He has some submission victories, but he's a guy that's gonna walk you down. 
getting a boxing match with you. Dracus can do it either way. Drakus he can do that only or he can take you down and, and choke you out. On top of everything else, coming out of, you know, his last fight against Whitaker was his first fight post-nose uh, surgery. So he got his, like, airways cleared up. Yeah, cardio helped a lot. Prior to that, he's only been to decision one time in his career. So he's been fighting bad, you know, with bad airways the whole time. I still think Strong Strickland's going to win, but I think it's going to be a great fight. I got Dracus Duplessis winning. I think he moves to 7-0. I think he gets the belt, and I think it sets it up for Dracus versus Izzy next fight. I think Dracus gets it done. Dude, we got a bunch of things different on this one. I like it. Here we go, Sid. Hey. All right. Divisional round, NFL playoffs. Eight teams left. These are the best eight teams in the NFL, whether you like it or not. One of these eight teams is going to be Super Bowl champs. Let's start with the first game of the weekend. It's the one seed in the AFC, the team coming off the bye, the 13-4 and Baltimore Ravens taking on maybe the most impressive performer during NFL wildcard weekend, the Houston Texans, 11-7, and beat the shit out of the Cleveland Browns. Look, I'm arguing at this point that, that records – from this last week, this week forward, don't fucking matter. Hey, nothing matters at this point. It's about winning football games. Any of these teams can Ugly beat any of the other teams. Exactly. The um, Texans mollywopped the Browns last week. C.J. Stroud was in an interview, and I believe we talked about this last week, where they said he has no chance of winning, and the camera cut to him, and he said, ah, okay. And he went out, and he shit I on mean, the Browns. And look, the Browns, known- they've had their own share of adversity. Joe Flacco did great. There's no no disadvantage to him, but or no discredit to him. But back-to-back pick sixes from the Houston Texans defense yeah, the is Texans, impressive. For a team that's turned it around quickly, you would think going to the playoffs, they would have come out and, like, usually it takes you a few playoff games, a few losses to learn. They came out in their first as a young team, new coach, new quarterback. They've been shit the past couple years. First playoff game in a little while. They came in and beat the shit out of the Browns and performed very well. C.J. Stroud threw for 274 yards. Can they keep Three it up? Three touchdowns. Can they keep it up? They're taking no on. interceptions. We just talked about, I just said how it usually takes a couple bad playoff losses for you to learn. Well, the Ravens have had those bad playoff losses with Lamar Jackson. Can he finally learn this is his best team, the best he's performed in his career? Can he... Will the Ravens live up to expectations? Because if they don't make it to the Super Bowl at this point, with the season they've had... It's a disappointment in the same narrative that's always come is they can't win with Lamar. So I I agree with everything you just said. I think a couple things they have going for them is that all season long, like you just said, Lamar has played his best football consistently all season long. That's why they had a first-round bye. With that, the bye is an advantage. And with that, Mark Andrews is back off of IR. He's back, fully available at practice. He's going to be playing this This week. This is actually a rematch, too. They played in, I know it was all the way back in week one, CJ Stroud's first game. The Ravens won 25-9. I could see. I don't think that really relates to this game at all, but I could see a scoreline like that. I could see them the Ravens winning in a dominant fashion Yeah, I could see them winning because I have them winning. I have the Ravens winning this game. I agree. I think the Ravens are going to use those minus 450 odds. They're going to win this game eight-point favorites. Win this game, host the AFC Championship game. I think the Ravens, this is a legit Super Bowl team. Yeah, I think they're Super Bowl favorites in my opinion. I picked the Ravens. The next game, Saturday night, is the other one seed, the other team with the bye, the San Francisco 49ers taking on. We said the Texans maybe had the most uh, impressive performance. Maybe the Packers did. They went. They had the biggest ups, upset they for sure. They were up 27 to 0 in Dallas. I mean, they came in, they punched the Cowboys in the mouth, and the Cowboys had no answer for them. An impressive performance for the Packers, but it's a lot like the Texans where great performance. Yeah, 48 to 32. It doesn't 32. matter anymore. Can you do that again? Right. And I don't know if they 32. can do that against the 49ers in San Francisco with the defense they have, the offense they have, the playmakers they have, the coaching. They've had another team that's had a few playoff disappointments where it seems like they're ready to not disappoint. No, I don't I, know how the Packers go into San Francisco and get the win. Having a full year with Brock Purdy is, is, is going to be everything you need. I feel like everybody's been saying like Brock Purdy about to fuck up. And then he just hasn't fucked up. And they've, they've said that 
you know, about Lamar Jackson all year. Like, oh, he's inaccurate. They're just slept on him all year. 48 to 32 is not indicative of how the game actually was, it was played. A it was a brutal than that. beatdown from the Packers As to I said, the Cowboys. 27-0 in the first half. It was like, this game's over. Jordan Love went 272 yards, three touchdowns again, no interceptions. Hey, and props to Jordan Love. I mean, everybody kind of wrote him off. Really, people didn't give him a chance. This dude won a playoff game in his first year as a starter. Like, Yeah, congrats he's, to him. He could. He's moving the Packers franchise along. Yeah, like You go Packers, from Brett Favre for 10-plus years, Aaron Rodgers for 10-plus years, and a plug-and-play, at big, least it seems— a plug-and-play option like Jordan Love. I'm a big... To go right back into the playoffs and win a game? Big Aaron cool. Rodgers fan, but they obviously made the right decision being like, this is the time we got to move on and go to Jordan Love. Because you could be like the Saints. for value for Aaron Rodgers and height for Jordan Love to you, not be frustrated trying to leave. You could be like the Saints Ooh. where you have a legendary quarterback and then you just ride him out all the way to the end. To and where he literally end, can't throw a football in the yard the end, with his kids left anymore. without a quarterback. Ever again. So it's like, dun, dun, dun. So 40, uh, Packers made the right decision, but I the think 49ers. they're not there yet. I think the 49ers go in. I think the 49ers kind of dominate this game and get the win. So the 49ers rested a, a bunch of their starters before the bye. So they pretty much had two weeks off for quite a few guys to rest, get fully healthy, get ready to get back out there. You got CMC, you got George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Brock Purdy, Already full form, the 49ers are favored by nine and a half, minus 450 on the money line. I got to say that the 49ers win this game. I'm not thinking Jordan Love's got what it takes to beat them. Just plain as day. All right, so next game. Last game. No. Second to last game. Two more games. We're halfway through. Halfway Hold your horses, buddy. The Detroit Lions. That's hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Detroit coming off their first playoff win in I don't know how many years. If they win this game against the Buccaneers, it'll 30 be 30-something years. If they win this game against the Bucs, it'll be the first time they've won multiple playoff games in the same season since 1957, which was their last championship game, which is before the Super Bowl was created. That's wild. So the, I got a question. The Cowboys frauds? Cowboys are officially frauds, yes. The Eagles frauds? Eagles are officially frauds. All right, so like their whole division's just frauds? Because the Tommy DeVito thing, fraud alert. Yeah, I mean, the commanders were never anything. Sam Howell, no, they were. They were. Whoa, 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 whoa. Daniel Jones was the fraud. Tommy DeVito came in and had a No, but they did that kind of hype thing where they were like, oh, yeah, but it was more because he was Italian. So their whole division just kind of trashed. The whole division, it was way overrated. Tampa Bay upset the Eagles. The defense held them to nine points. I mean, they beat the zero in the second half. They just beat Ooh. the shit out of the Eagles. I Baker don't know went happened. off. Three hundred thirty-seven yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. But Common you, theme by the winning team so far: three touchdowns from the quarterback, no interceptions. But if you know Baker Mayfield, you know if he just went off in this last game, he's about to choke. There's no way he's going in Detroit and get this win. Bruh. I think the Lions are the better team. Uh, they've kind of been motivated lions. They've kind of been inconsistent, but if they get this win, I mean, they're 13, they're 14 and five. They're in the NFC championship. Game. I mean, the lions, Dan Campbell coach of the year. Think about I, this. I think though. the lions at home beat the bucks. Yet, uh, Jared Goff managing the game very well. And know. that was against your old quarterback too. So that was a huge win. That was what they I, are that's, they're highly motivated right now. They're riding on a high that we can't even experience. And if they win that, they're literally a game away from the Super Bowl. Jared Goff, similar to how like the trade worked out for the Rams a few years ago and they went to the Super Bowl, won it. I think this is the best chance that the Lions have to go to the Super Bowl this year is probably their best shot to use Jared Goff and kind of win that trade in the best way. Kind of deal all your chips. Hey, and they're right there, the and they can get this if they get the dub. I believe the Lions are going to win. I agree. They played week six. With how well Jared Goff has managed the game and managed the team all season, that's why they gave him the game ball with him, you know, only throwing one touchdown, you know, 220-something yards. That's why he got the game balls, because he didn't fuck it up. He managed the game well. He did what he needed to do. And when he needed to complete a pass for them to, to win by one point at the end of the game, he did. This is a rematch week six. Lions beat the Bucks 20 to 6. 
both teams are different, but I think it. I think it's probably a seven-point Lions win. I think it's probably high, more high scoring in that first game, but I think we both agree the Detroit Lions go into the NFC Championship game. Yeah, I, I don't see another way. And, and let's move on to the last divisional game, probably the best one, probably the closest one. This is the one with the most history behind it, too, uh, in terms of relative, like, recent history. The Kansas City Chiefs and honestly, going to play the Buffalo Bills— Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game, which is hard that to believe. Blows my. He's like 27, 28 years old. That he's blows my mind. He's Super won Bowls, two Super and he's Bowls. He's never played in a road game. He's won two Super Bowls, lost <sighs> a Super Bowl, and never played a <laughs> playoff road game. He's accomplished more than most people will ever. Yeah. And he's 28. And he's just playing his first road game. That tells you how dominant the Chiefs has been. Look, the Chiefs is, have kind of turned it around. They've, I mean, people kind of wrote him off as. But, I mean, the Chiefs I, I look, are still the Chiefs. That's one thing I never did was write off the Chiefs. If there's, so the Chiefs have been to three Super Bowls in like four years, five years, four or five years, yeah. It's nuts. But one thing that they've done more important than anything else, for the majority of it, they've kept the team together. They got well, rid of Tyreek Hill. They you plugged, say they kept the team. There's like two players they've kept throughout that whole time. Those have obviously been the most important. Yeah, but that's not keeping the team. That's just keeping a couple players. Key players. They got rid of players. Key superstars. Key superstars. Well, it all comes— Patrick Mahomes— You can only say Patrick Mahomes because as good as Travis Kelsey is, if they get rid of Patrick Mahomes, that Travis Kelsey is irrelevant. This this year, we're different. We're backed by Swifty Nation. Which tells me that that's why he's playing in his first road game is because the pressure of Swifty Nation and that pressure is going to get to the Chiefs this weekend. You think Brittany's going to be pissed if they lose because she's going to lose a friend? Because you know after this season Travis Kelsey's going to retire too with his brother, and they're no, just going to ride Travis, up in the, into the sunset. I think with their Travis podcast. might come back as as hot as the Chiefs are right if now. If they the, lose, the Bills, is he coming back? Or if they win, is he retiring? I think it's more likely if they won, he would retire. Okay, Chiefs. I will say this: Bills are the hotter. Bills are the hottest team in the NFL right now, though. I, I want the Bills to win, but I feel as though they're going to choke. Not I think the because... Bills get over the playoff hump that they've been on. I think they beat the Chiefs. I got Buffalo winning. They won week 14. It was the close game. Remember it was the game Patrick yeah. Mahomes uh, like freaked like two out? two interceptions? Well, no, he freaked out because they called that uh, offsides on Kadarius <laughs> Tony. <laughs> yeah, I get it. He was like, bullshit, bullshit. Kermit the Frog, Kermit the Frog. But Look, I'll, I'll say I this. I got the Bills winning in Buffalo. Going to the AFC Championship game. This is a toss-up on the odds. Plus 120 for the Chiefs, minus like 140, yeah, 150. Yeah, by far the closest odds of the divisional round. And probably the most anticipated, most exciting like playoff matchup so far. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the one with the most hype coming in. I have the Chiefs because the Chiefs are comfortable in the playoffs. They've done this before. Not on the road, though, brother. They've never done in it on the Buffalo. road. But I think this is going to be another day at work. For Patty the Batty Mahomes to, think, to go home or to go to somebody else's home and beat the Bills, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I think as the saying goes, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons. I got the Bills winning. I wish there was a white table I'd put you through. All right, so let's kick off this week's Stakes and Takes. Let's talk about last week's stakes and takes. I'm Alex. I went three and one and one on the UFC. <laughs> That's goofy. I went three and one and one on the UFC. I got uh, Miller right, Batista right, Ferreira right. Johnny Walker got his nose broken and he caved. And cop was canceled. Christian, how'd you do on the UFC? Uh, I went two wins, two losses. Obviously, the one fight that got canceled i had the main event wrong johnny walker i had johnny walker winning he lost i had the co-main event right i had jim miller winning he won nice 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 i had the next fight wrong i had ricky simone winning he lost and then i had bruno ferrera beating phil halls and bruno ferrera beat phil halls beat the shit out of phil halls two losses one contest if you if you if you say I think that's how we kind of have it. Yeah, I get it. NFL, I did a three and three. It was kind of a mixed bag for me. Three and three with a mixed bag. Yeah, for me. Texans, Bills, and Lions all won. I'll take those for uh, add them to my column. And then the Dolphins, Cowboys, and Eagles lost. I'm going to say with those three lost picks, 
Those are the three frauds of this year's NFL. Cowboys, Dolphins, and Eagles. Those are pretty much like all teams who lost lost games where like they had opportunities to shine this year. And like the Eagles, for instance. So the Eagles one in six. They had expectations. So yeah, they're frauds. They lost. The Dolphins and the Cowboys both had expectations, but they both look like they finally turned the corner and it's like, no, they're still the same teams. Right. I agree. How'd you do in the NFL? I also went three and three, but a different way. I had wins with the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I had losses. I picked the Browns. They lost. I picked the Cowboys. Of course, they lost. And I picked the Rams, and they had a close, close loss to the Detroit Lions. Yeah, 24-23. That's a tough one, but that's not one of those that you want to hang your head on. That's like— No, I'm actually glad— It kind of gives Stafford a reason to kind of— As an NFL fan, I'm glad the Lions won. Yeah. But I and just it's cool the Rams for the narrative for the right. Lions, too. Yes, I like the Lions. How'd you do in stakes? Well, actually, before we do stakes, I did 6-4-1 and one for the week. So I guess with what we just talked about, that makes you 5-5-1 five, five, and one for the week. Correct. Puts our overall standings at, Christian, you're at 179, 76, and 3. I'm at 177, 77, and 4. It's pretty close. We got into the Super Bowl to decide it. It's going to be exciting. What you got on stakes for last week? For last week, I had a horrible week. Um, I had a pretty good week. I had five bets. One of them got canceled. That's the cop bet. I had a cop bet cancellation, too. So we can just I wash those both off. Both my UFC ones, I had Ricky Samoa money line. I had Johnny Walker money line. I lost the Cowboys money line. And my only win was the Buffalo Bills money line beating the Steelers. Damn, brother. I pretty much flipped all that. I went 3-1-1, one, and one, obvious cop cancellation. I lost the Cowboys money line, but I won Texans-Lions money lines and the Jim Miller money line for the co-main event. I thought that 40-year-old bastard was going to I had Jim Miller, and, and I crossed it. it out and put Johnny Walker instead as a bet, and I regret that. And look, hindsight is always 20-20. Uh, moving on to stakes for this week. Let's jump into it. How many UFC bets you got? I got two UFC, two NFL divisional round playoff bets. I got three UFC and two divisional round playoff bets. So let's jump to the UFC first. Let's try to go in order. Earliest fight first. I got Chris Curtis, Moneyline, minus 170. You got anything for like the co-main event? Yeah, co-main event, I have the over four and a half rounds. Raquel Pennington. Myra Bueno Silva. Nice. I have Myra Bueno Silva money line on that one at minus 175. And while the odds aren't really out for the method of victory or the the over or under yet, those are probably going to be like a over total rounds. What do you think? Like three and a half, four and a half? I think it's going to be four and a half and like minus 200 or something, 250, hopefully. And then I got Sean Strickland defending his belt. Money line minus 130. Oh, I got DDP, Drake's Duplessis, still knocks, plus 115 money line. Oh, so we're different on that one, but we're kind of just playing playing together for the rest. And NFL, what you got for the first one? I got three NFL bets. Are we going to go in order of the games? I don't know the order anymore, to be quite honest So I'm going to go you. Ravens money line, <laughs> minus 380. 49ers money line, minus 450, and the Buffalo Bills, minus 160. I got the Lions money line, minus 275, with the Chiefs going to the Bills in full playoff form, plus 120. Patrick Mahomes winning his first road playoff game of his career. What do you have for upsets of this week? So my one upset of the week is a UFC upset. It's Arnold Allen, plus 170, getting a win over... uh, Mavsar? Mavsar Evolev? Yeah, Evolev, something like that. Russian Muslim. Russian Muslim guy. Yeah. Arnold Allen, Englishman. Let's go. Russia versus English. I get it. My my upset is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs money line plus 120 over the Bills. I think they, like I said just a second ago, they're going to be in full playoff fashion, primed and ready to go, ready to up upset the bills on their first away game all right so i think that about wraps up episode 29 of split decision check us out next week we're going to recap ufc 297 and take a look ahead to the nfl conference championship week where we'll know the teams playing for a super bowl chance 